Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through any agencies of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and during this episode of Open Your Bible, we will examine the biblical principle and practice of the Lord's Supper. The practice of the Lord's Supper in the Christian community is known by quite a few names, communion, holy communion, Eucharist, breaking bread, etc. So they're all basically the same, fall under the same category, the Lord's Supper. It is essentially a sacred ceremony memorializing the gospel, which is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the timing of the actual event took place during the celebration of the Jewish festival of Passover. And Passover was one of three festivals that all Jewish males must attend yearly. Now, this specific Passover is the third one accounted for during Jesus's ministry, and would be his final one, having been crucified shortly afterward. There are five biblical accounts of this final Passover, one in each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and one from the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the church in Corinth. And most scholars believe that Paul's account is the oldest written account. Now, it is essential for the overall context of understanding the Lord's Supper to review the events of the Passover celebration and the reason for this festival. Well, the reason was simple. God commanded it. But there's some specifics to it. So this Jewish festival is a celebration that annually memorializes God's rescue of Israel from captivity in Egypt. They were slaves for quite a few years. During this event, Jews participated in a meal called the Seder. They would retell the events that occurred on the night God passed over the Jewish households to deliver his tenth and final plague upon Egypt, finally forcing Pharaoh to release the Jews and thereby beginning the exodus. Now, during the biblical accounts, the setter consisted of unleavened bread, lamb, bitter herbs, and cups of wine. There were a couple other items, but those are the most significant. The wine cups would be circulated among the participants at four specific times throughout the meal. In addition, an empty seat was placed at the head of the table. The table is a communal table. So at the head of the table is an empty seat, and it's um, for the prophet Elijah. Should he return, he's long been gone, should he return to announce the coming of the Messiah? Because that's Jewish tradition that he would come to announce the coming of the Messiah. Now, Jesus, the actual Messiah, during this final Passover of his, changed the meaning of the meal by using the bread and wine, not as illustrations of God's event on the days just preceding the Exodus, but as an illustration of his upcoming atonement, where he would sacrifice himself as payment for the penalty of sin. Now, this is the characterization uh, 
from Matthew. And it's a very, very, very good one. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. Jesus emphasizes the coming sacrifice of himself and how this communal meal should now be used to remember him. Luke's gospel emphasizes that point. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's a memorial. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Luke 22, verses 19 through 20. Again, the emphasis is placed on, the, on this being a way to remember Jesus. Now, there's an important word used here, body. Now, when Jesus uses this, it's a translation, uh, we translate it from the Greek word soma. The meaning is intended to illuminate the body as a whole going well beyond the physical components to include the spiritual, even the experiences of that body. Had Jesus wished to imply that the bread had become his literal flesh, he would have used the word sarx, another Greek term, and it's a word he has used often at other times. In short, the message is clear when taking all biblical accounts of the Lord's Supper into the proper context. Jesus used the bread and wine as examples to provide us with a memorial of his sacrifice. To attribute anything else to the Lord's Supper is to perform some extensive biblical gymnastics. Now, some point to John 6 in support of other arguments concerning the Lord's Supper. But again, context is always king when reading the Bible. John 6 takes place during the Passover, but of the previous year, and is focused on belief instead of remembrance. I would encourage you to read that chapter. It is a very enlightening one in regards to his use of body and blood. So how often should the Lord's Supper be celebrated? Well, the Bible really doesn't say. And really, the only mention of frequency is found in Paul's account. Now, this is from the Apostle Paul. He says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. Now, Paul merely states here, as often as you do. He doesn't give a specific time, and no specific time is given by Jesus either. Paul just merely states again, as often as you do. So every Sunday is excellent. Every, every day is great. 
Once a month, great. Once a year, great. But do it because Jesus commands it be done. And I would encourage you to read that entire 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. It's the oldest account, as I said before. It was given directly to Paul from Christ. And um, it is very insightful into how this was practiced after Christ had left during the first century in the early church. Now, Paul would also give a very explicit warning against taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. So he's essentially saying, don't be mechanical about it or unloving, but always examine yourself as to why we remember Jesus. So the practice of communion is indeed a sacred event among Christians. It is a time when we consider the grace of God on full display in the gospel. Eating the bread and drinking the wine demonstrates our union with Christ and even further demonstrates our partnership with other believers because it's done in a communal setting. The Lord's Supper is a way for us to remember his work and our future glory with him. These are the words from Jesus in a prayer to the Father. He said, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. John 17, verses 22 through 23. Thank you for listening, folks. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we will explore the biblical principle and practice of discipleship. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean today anything different than what it meant then.